Welcome back to Workwoman. It is so great to be back with you guys. I know it has been a hot minute. We were just going through the testing of this and Will's like just essentially did this exact same thing. He just role played with me on what I was going to start with and that's exactly what I chose to start with. So uh, consistency is important. I hope that you guys have been awesome. I know that there has been a lot that has happened in this first month of 2021. 2021 has already been off to a good start from my standpoint um, and from Cardone Ventures standpoint because we have been traveling for the last four weekends doing events every single weekend. This is our very first weekend that we don't have any events. And so what do you do when there is an event? You still show up and work on those days because I have a bigger goal. I have something big that I'm going for. And I know that if you are listening to this, just by the nature of you showing up and listening, you are going for something bigger and you're trying to figure out how and you're trying to get around people and thoughts and ideas that will get you there. And so what I want to talk today about is something that comes up for me all the time. We do these little events. They're called 10X360s. And I start my presentation at the 10X360 asking for the client's people problems. I open it up and I say, okay, we can go into what I'm about to present, but I want to get a feeling for what your people problems are. And I would honestly say somewhere around 60 to 70% of the time there, I'm sorry, not 67% of the time, 60 to 70% of the people share that their people problems are how do I motivate my team or how do I inspire my team? Um, some variation of that question. And so I want to dive into that here today because sometimes I don't get a chance to just fully go into this on at the 10X360. So this is $30,000 worth of value in this podcast. So listen up. The idea behind motivating or inspiring your team or getting them on the same page um, The first step of figuring that out is figuring out what actually motivates you. And the reason that you have to start with you is because the team is a direct reflection of everything that you've created in your business. If you don't know what motivates you, if you don't have motivation, if you are a checked out business owner, if you're absentee and you just delegate everything, the reason that your team isn't motivated to solve your problems is because you have created that environment. And everything at the end of the day starts and ends with you as the leader. So the question doesn't become, how do I motivate my team? It's a, it becomes, how do I motivate myself? And so I want to go through, I did a little Instagram quiz earlier today just to kind of like get some feedback from people. I'm going to talk about the four different ways to motivate your lazy ass. That is right. I'm calling you lazy. If your team and your environment has laziness in it or lack of motivation, I promise you it is because they see that same exact quality in you and you have allowed it in your environment and you're asking the question to me because you don't know how to get rid of it because you're not able to hold the environment and the structure so strong because of what you do. Like I already know it's actually a you issue. It is not a team issue because you would just fire them. Like that's the, you would not be able to put up with that in your environment. So with that, I don't remember where I put my phone. Where did I put my phone? It just vanished. Oh, wait, there's my phone. It's because it's not supposed to be on right now, but I have it without having to turn the cell phone service on. So here's the deal. Four ways to motivate your lazy ass. These are the four ways that you can do this, and I'm going to go into each one of them, but I want to give you the results. So the first way, your potential. 
Using your potential, what is possible for you, your big dreams and your goals and knowing that you can do more, that is one way to motivate yourself. This one by far from the responders. So this what this was this was 65% of people said that the biggest thing that motivates them and just so we're really specific um the the exact question was what gets you up in the morning and motivates you. So most people say your potential and I get this, right? We do goal planning because we know that when somebody moves outside of today where they're sitting in this moment, the pressure and the environment and the things that are going wrong and all the barriers and all the reasons why they can't, and they go into this place of what is possible, what am I truly capable of doing, and look at other people as examples of saying, they've been able to do that, I know I can too. That's the idea of chasing after your potential. And for me, this is a big motivator. I know that when I think of myself in 10 years from now, it's something that forces me to make a better decision, like actually going out and working out or something as silly as putting a pair of high heels on when I just wanna wear sneakers and sweats and be lazy and not be this like badass freaking boss. Um, that also helps me when I'm about to go into a meeting that I'm unsure of or that I don't exactly know what my angle is or what I'm trying to, to close or get out of it. Like this idea of, oh, well, Natalie in the future, my potential is being able to command and control a situation like this. And so I have to sit through this. One great example would be firing people. You cannot tell yourself in 10 years from now that you want to own a million dollar business or a hundred million dollar business, whatever that potential is for you, and still be scared and fearful and worried and tiptoe around holding somebody accountable and ultimately letting them go and leave your environment. And so I think that this is like one of the most altruistic things that can motivate you Ways that you can incorporate this type of motivation is like through your screensaver, like putting a photo. I know for Brian and I, before we bought our plane, both of us had uh, the exact same photo. It was a plane with a mock-up of Cardone Ventures on it. And we had that on our phone forever until we finally achieved it. And Brandon still today actually has that plane on his background. I've changed mine because I want to put my attention on the things that on the things that are important to me. Do you guys want to know what's on my phone right now? Um, I have two things on my phone and I'll get into this in another podcast. On the first piece of my phone, like the lock screen, it's just white and it has black text and it says, be a hardcore motherfucker. The second one on my like screen where all of my apps are it asks the question, are you really going for it? And again, I will talk through two separate things. Um, I'll talk through those two separate things in the next podcast. So that's the first one, your potential. The second way to motivate yourself, if your potential isn't working and let's say you have a picture of you with a six pack on your screensaver and you've like photoshopped your head on there and it's this aspirational thing and that's not actually getting you the results. The next thing that you have to look at is your haters. Everybody has them. Even if you haven't done something so big, like Grant Cardone always talks about his haters. He has massive haters because he's taken huge risks and he's 
been on this planet for 62 years. So therefore, there are people in all cycles of his life that he can look back on and think, oh man, I really want to stick it to this person. You have those people too. I don't care if it was the person that bullied you in junior high or your parents who told you that you weren't able to do XYZ or that coworker that takes credit for your work or just maybe it's even people that aren't directly, like they've never actually said something, but you've built up this story in your head that they don't support you and they're not with you. Use that energy. Use that like grit. It's like I, I like move my fingers like this, like, I, like I'm holding something that's like gooey and sticky. And like th- there's just like this, this like anger that bubbles when I think of those people in my life. Use that as a form of motivation to get to where you want to go. I've heard recently David Dave Portnoy, I think that's how you say his name, from Barstool Sports. Uh, he has like a, a bottle of champagne. I'm, I might be butchering this, but he has a bottle of champagne with his enemies' faces on them. And he it does. I think he drinks it after he's like demolished them as – like a hater. So I freaking love that. I think the more that you can use that type of energy, I've even thought about putting like a a picture uh, like in my office, we're sitting in my office right now, and like putting on like the wall, like pictures or things that people have said or done. Because I've had some nasty shit thrown my way over the last eight years. And I've always thought about like putting it there just because I know that that fire burns every time I remind myself of it. And having that type of reminder is so powerful when it comes to moving from the place that you're at, you're where your lazy ass is sitting right now. Maybe you're on a couch. Maybe you're on, maybe you're in the car. Maybe you're on a run. Well, your your ass might not be too lazy if you're on a run. But what whatever it is, like that that laziness that you're allowing to exist because you're not really going for it. Man, your haters can be such a powerful tool for you to just leap out of that. Okay, the third one, third way to motivate yourself is through making other people proud of you. You know, all of us have people in our lives who have spent more time than they needed to in order to help us be successful. They were mentors. They might be family. They might not be family, but they took a special interest in you and you you know that they changed the trajectory of where your life went because they spent that extra energy and took special care to you. This more so than your potential is probably the most altruistic because when you think about not letting that person down, all of a sudden that's a different way to come at these these tendencies that all of us have to just not put in the work and to be comfortable and to be okay with where we're at. This one doesn't work as well for me personally, but I have seen this be so incredibly impactful for Brandon. When Brandon thinks about his children and the type of person that he wants to be for them, that is such a massive motivator for him to make the right decision in that moment or the right set of decisions in order to get somewhere else. Again, so altruistic. It's not It's not for me, but for your team, and this is going to get all back to your team, you have to test into what that looks like. Uh, you have to test into, okay, if I, if I thought about these people that made a huge impact on me and use this as a source of motivation, does this work? What, 
what do I have to envision? Do I have to envision the negative? I also remember watching a podcast with um, Gary Vaynerchuk and Tony Robbins a couple years ago. Gary Vaynerchuk goes through this whole thing every single morning of explaining that he thinks of his family and the people that he loves being brutally murdered as a way to be grateful and appreciative and to, you know, live his best life. Interesting tactic. Tony was not super fond of this particular tactic. Um, but but that's the thing. Like, Tony can have his way. Gary can have his way. And they're still going to be massively successful because they're using these things as a way to get them out of the present moment to do the things that they know they need to do because they likely don't want to do whatever they're about to do. Most of us don't want to do what we're about to do when it comes to making the right decision. I don't want to go order chicken and vegetables right now for lunch, but I'd rather, I'd much rather have some nachos. I drove by Taco Bell this morning and it's been a hot freaking minute since I ate at Taco Bell. I would love to eat Taco Bell. Why am I not going to do that? Oh, because this girl that I follow on Instagram has these freaking awesome abs and I really want that. What type of motivation is that for me? I know you're going to answer this, so I'm not even going to tell you the answer because you've already got this down. But should I tell you? Okay, I won't tell you. The next one, the fourth and final, winning and crushing the competition. This for me, I it's probably a little bit of a tie between chasing after my potential um, and just winning and this like idea of total domination and looking around at who is my competition and putting in more work and putting in more energy than they are willing to put in. Like I will, I will always outwork somebody once I've set my target on that's the person. But when I'm in this drifting phase of not having that person that I'm like laser focused on totally crushing, then all of a sudden it's, it's, it, I don't have, I don't have a target. I don't have a goal. So find that person, that thing in your It doesn't even have to be in your direct environment. You might never even meet your competition. I encourage you to. There's this idea out there, uh, collaboration over competition. I think that that, it's both. Like you don't have to not be competitive and you don't have to not be collaborative. You can be highly competitive and be so motivated and energized and just like, you know, like Hulk status through thinking about your competition while also saying, hey, like, let's collaborate because it builds both up. And if they're your competition, ideally they're doing something good. Like you're not picking the sleazy competition down the street that um, has been in business but is doing shady business and isn't really serving people. You're picking competition that are formidable competitors again, might not be in your market, might be in some other place, but they're just they're just crushing it. The thing about competition is you would likely be very close friends with them. And that's totally okay. It is okay. I'm giving you permission to be friends with your competition, but still have that inner thing to just one-up because that is the way that you actually are able to one-up. Without that, you're just placating. And I think women especially don't feel comfortable in environments of competition to say, we're friends, but I want to crush you. Whereas that's totally fine in a male-driven work culture all day, every day, in a sales culture, in most masculine-dominated business environments. No one even thinks twice about that. But women have this softness and this, oh, we're friends, so therefore, no, like we can be friends and I'm good with us being friends, but let's go toe-to-toe and see who can 
who can show up first, who can be the latest working, who can put the most amount of energy to get the thing, as long as the thing ultimately isn't just for vanity's sake, to get the result that you're looking for. Ideally, that's business growth, which helps so many people outside of just you, right? If your business is growing, you're able to help your customers, you're able to help your employees, you're able to be somebody in your community that people can look to for advice and guidance because you figured something out. So as long as the result is in place, man, using your competition and just that spirit of winning is so important. For me, this actually showed up with my brother this year. I don't know how much I've talked about this um, on the podcast, but Brandon and I talk about this all the time. My brother during quarantine lived with us and he would wake up at 5.30 every single morning and he would not stop working until 8.30 or 9 o'clock at night, which then he would start reading a book about the next thing that he wanted to do or how to develop in his career. Like his work ethic just amazed me. And I already thought that I worked hard. Like I was really in in one of those places in my life where I'm like, I'm putting a lot of hours in. My, my brother was putting 15 to 20% more hours than I was. And over time, that makes a big freaking difference. And so from a competition standpoint, knowing who's the best out there, and I'm not saying my brother and I do very different things, but knowing who that is and putting that influence in your environment, it has entirely changed the way that I work and the amount of just sheer time I put into my craft. You have to have that because you don't know unless you're looking outside. Also, I'm guys, I don't know if anybody noticed, but I'm not drinking from a Starbucks cup this morning. That was my ring hitting this can. This is like, it's this kind of noisy, right? Probably shouldn't do that moving forward. Um, there's no big thing behind that. It's just, I didn't, oh gosh, this happened again. Maybe I should go back to my Starbucks paper cups. I'm trying to be better for the environment, you know? Um, if you don't have a perspective on what real hard work looks like, uh, and there's nobody around you that's really pushing that, you're missing out so much on what can what can just give you that little edge, give you that that turn. Uh, I remember playing sports growing up. I, I looked at my life. I looked at the way that I spent my time all in the format of who is going to be better. In a corporate world, in your business, you can think that it's just you and your small business. You can think that it's just you as an individual contributor because you're not really looking at A, what your own stats are, but B, what, what are the stats of the people who are really kicking ass at this? You might be kicking ass in your environment, but are you kicking it ass if you were at the best of the best organization or if you were on a panel of entrepreneurs? I was watching Tom vs. Time. If you guys haven't seen Tom vs. Time, you absolutely should. This was a recommendation from my brother. He actually told me that a few years ago he stopped going out and hanging out with his friends and doing things that weren't taking him to his ultimate goal after having watched Tom vs. Time. So it's about Tom Brady and just he's getting older as a football player. But he said in the in the interview that he doesn't need external motivation. All he needs is to know that he wants to be the best. Like it's not about the other person. But then at the same token, it is all about beating the other team and having the edge over the competitors. So my challenge to everybody on this podcast is how do you create that? Even if it's fictitious, how do you put that type of thing in your environment? Uh, for the Instagram poll, I will give you the numbers on the breakdown. So your potential was first. 
um, kind of by a landslide. Second was winning and crushing the competition. Third was making family proud. And the least was your haters, which I, th- I do think is interesting. I do think it takes a special breed of person to really admit that, especially, you know, people are admitting it to me. They know that I can see these results. But what does motivate you? You should take an inventory of this. And the what I would highly recommend you do, um, set a goal and take a week to use and come back to each one of these topics. So if you have a goal and you have weak increments, so there are four different ways of motivation, you can use four weeks. So if it's a um, revenue goal for the month, when you're in the middle of calls and you're making sales and you're feeling lazy or you wanna back off, you wanna go home, use your potential in that moment as a way to bring yourself up and see what the result is. Then the next week, use your haters. Think about that person that was so freaking mean to you and that didn't think you were gonna go anywhere. Test the result of that area. Third is making families and other people proud. So think of that person in the more altruistic way. And then finally, the last week, Think about freaking dominating and using your competition as the way that you're going to level up your game. Once you figure out which thing works for you, let it keep working for you. Use it. Use it constantly. But we did not start this by talking about the four ways to just motivate you. The original issue is how do I motivate my team? So here's the deal. Once you know what works for you, and you've tested into these things, first you'll have reality on all four of them so that when you are leading your team, and this is a little bit of a different approach as well that I do go into in the 10X 360, you are the coach. These team members that report to you and that work in your organization, they have chosen you either subconsciously or consciously for some reason, and it is your opportunity to be in a coaching environment with them. And if you're not a good coach, then people likely aren't coming into your environment because you're a good coach. That doesn't mean that you can't change that. It likely looks like quite a bit of cleanup, which is totally fine. If that's the case, then you should definitely go back to my podcast called Why I Love Firing People. It is episode 15 and go through what that process should look like. But for the people in your environment that are not motivated, Before you just go through the firing process, you need to test into, okay, what are their goals? What what motivates them? What out of these things get will get them going? How can you document exactly what they're supposed to do through a job description or KPIs and start tracking those things? But then in weekly one-on-ones, be testing into, hey, you're not hitting your numbers. What about Susie? Susie is your child or the, the employee's child. You you figure out ways to work these different types of motivation into the conversations that you're having in order to change performance because all of a sudden, instead of just being a business owner or somebody that is outside of the person's life, you are then responsible for helping them understand that they can use these things in the exact same way that you use these things to overcome the challenges. I had a conversation with our team yesterday where – Something wasn't done the way that it should have been done. And the only reason that I had the confidence to come down as hard as I came down on them is because I have had somebody come down hard on me 
I have been pissed, I've been irritated, but then that person used the right type of motivation for me to not think of all the reasons why it wasn't my fault and it was somebody else's doing and these are, I'm so busy and blah, 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 and actually use something outside of me to get the result that they needed, which benefited the team. And at the end of it, I was very thankful for. I had so much confidence going into that, but in a team environment, You have, in this instance, there were six different people that were responsible for this. So in a group setting, you can hold somebody accountable because that creates the culture. You coming in, saying how it's supposed to be done, not being an ass, not being a dick in the process, but you coming into the environment and saying, this is not correct. This was the expectation. These are the ways that it didn't meet the expectation. You create that and then individually you can one off and say, man, I thought we talked about you moving into a director position or you in a few years being the vice president of this. If you're going to be a vice president, you have to understand how to do X, Y, Z. That works with one person. With another person, what works is, hey, this other team member figured this out and Last I checked, you wanted to be the person that was up for this next thing. So if they can figure it out, how are you using that as leverage to be able to say, okay, this is what I need to do and then add an addition to? Because the addition to is also what's going to get that person motivated because it's competition. It's I can at least do what my competition's doing and then do it better. So with the team, as you start to recalibrate this, because you have demonstrated that you are motivated, you know what these these levers are, you've reset the environment to be able to say, hey, I am inspecting what I expect because I do that for myself first and foremost. If you don't do it for yourself first and foremost, it's a totally different conversation. But once you've done that, you're able to set that expectation. And then all of a sudden, guess what happens? You're not worried about motivating your team because they are motivated due to the environment that you've created. And then anybody who isn't motivated will self-select out. We've had this happen a handful of times in our organization, as you guys know, or maybe you don't know. Cardo Ventures has been around for, I keep saying 18 months, but now it's like 20 months. It's like a a newborn baby. We count every month that we have uh, kept this thing alive. You know, it's very alive and growing like crazy. Um, I've hired, I believe at the count now is 53 team members, and we've had a handful of them, 10, 15%, opt out of the opportunity. Why are they opting out of the opportunity? Is it because it's a terrible place to work? Uh, Is it because they're not making enough money? Is it because... uh, all the things in their heads of what it's about. If, if they were ever to like write a glass door review, they'd say all of the negative things about the culture and the environment. But the true reality is they are not able to hold themselves accountable in the exact same way that everybody else on the team is. They're opting out of the opportunity to say, I'm willing to work 60 or 70 or 80 hours a week in the pursuit of this thing because I see that I, A, can do that and B, I know where it's going to take me. They've completely just said, nope, I can't. It's, it's too fast paced. It's too much. It's not my thing. That's fine. Like We want that to happen. Unmotivated people do not belong in this environment. And we are so crystal clear about that. So when people ask us, how do you motivate your team? I understand the issue because I have been a part of teams and we have had cultures in the past where this was a problem. But this will never be a problem in our organization today because the environment won't allow it to happen. 
they will either self-select out because it's so uncomfortable to be around the type of energy that we put in. It, it is a Saturday today. I will be on two and a half hours of calls with our team after having the team worked until seven o'clock last night. I put in more hours because that is also my responsibility. And then we are going to continue tomorrow and shore a couple of other things up just to start a traditional work week that's going to be hours and hours next week. That is the expectation. It's not a bad thing. Everybody in that feels good about it. And to the extent that they don't, they're going to leave. But if you don't put that in and you don't set that, then how is it supposed to be that your team is just naturally motivated? They didn't come to you originally because you were motivated. So with that, I know I had a couple other notes here. Um, set a goal, use different. We totally went over that. Okay, I feel pretty good with where we're ending this actually. Uh, my biggest thing for you guys is whatever that area of your life is that you feel the heat in, you feel like you're putting work in, but maybe it could be more or you just know that there's – there's just a little extra oomph that you have in you. Figure out one of these ways today, right now, to use as motivation. Incorporate it into your daily life. Put it on your phone. Put it on your computer. Figure out ways to use that to remind yourself of where you're going and why you're making these good decisions. And just let it work. Like Let that process work for you. And don't back off because – you think that the goal isn't worthy, don't give up because you don't think the the goal is worthy because it's in those exact same moments that you push through that you'll be able to really hold a high performance team accountable because then you can go back on those experiences and say, I've done this before, I've been in your shoes, I know how to get through this, follow these steps. And so with that, it's been so great to spend this last I don't know, 20 minutes with you. And I can hardly wait for the next episode of Work Women. I am certain you are going to enjoy it because I've got a surprise for you. 